What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Oops, sorry. Let's premature. keep ready now. Let's keep ready now. Premature, <laughs> premature there. Premature thing. <laughs> yeah, all all disoriented from like what day day twenty eight of of circuit breaker in Singapore. Is it day twenty eight? I don't no even know la. what day. No, no, no. It's really no, uh. day thirty. It's day thirty. Oh, day thirty. Yeah, because because I calculated my circuit breaker started on a Tuesday, so the every uh. Monday of the following week is uh, seven. So the Monday, the following Monday was seven, seven days, seventh day. Uh. Then the following Monday is 14 and then 21 and 28. So Monday always starts as the multiple of 7 of the oh, that's circuit a, breaker day. Yeah. That's so, a good way of looking at it. Yeah, so Thursday will be Monday. That means 20, whatever, 20. Uh, well, what day are we now? Today is the 4th, right? The 5th. Hey, you know what am I saying? It's 5th. <laughs> yeah, fuck shit. Like, I, you I, sure I'm all messed up already. Oh, <laughs> it's too much. We moved to a new month. I got to do recalculate everything. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, it was it. just like watching, hearing you self-destruct in real time, no? Yeah, yeah. So like all confident yeah. with your theory. Yeah, la, you're like, you're like one of those, yeah. more than thirty. I, I don't know. Like I know it was. I mean, this is the the oh, fifth no, it's correct, week. It's correct. It means it's twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah. Twenty nine. Eh? Yeah. Twenty nine. Right. Yeah. Twenty nine or t- between twenty eight to thirty plus minus <laughs> one or two days, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that's where we're at, and. And I mean, we still we still have like less than a month to go, but in two weeks' time, the restrictions are also going to start to be lifted, right? Correct, correct. I think I think because the Singapore government is seeing seeing everyone fraying at the seams already, uh, like us here, we can't even calculate <laughs> what day it is already. Yeah. And like, there's so many fraying. people doing crazy shit everywhere now. It's just like yeah. I don't even bat eyelids anymore. <laughs> fraying at the seams is the best way to put it. Like, how are Singaporeans doing? We're all fraying at the seams. Yeah, and I guess yeah. the the person the person who epitomizes the the crazy stuff that people are getting up to is a is a certain Miss Paramjit Kaur. Kaur. Yeah, a Singaporean. Right. Just FYI, Singaporean. Singaporean. Yeah, Let's Singaporean. It once and for all. Yeah. <laughs> so so I think the latest news today is that as of fifth of May in the evening, she's been tried in court. Uh, her hearing has been done, and yeah. she has been. I think uh, ordered to be checked out at IMH, the Institute yeah. of Mental Health. Remanded right. for two weeks at IMH to assess her mental health. And she faces up some pretty severe fines. Like, it could go up to, I think, $10,000 yeah, $10, uh, and two weeks in jail or something. Yeah. So, so I guess maybe maybe we can give a, a overall timeline of, of this very interesting uh, lady. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I first heard of her uh, through, of course, one of my main sources of info, my mom mm. and our family WhatsApp group, uh, where this video was forwarded about someone who was being very annoying and a public nuisance and not wearing a mask. Yep. So for most videos that my mom recommends out of the, that the her WhatsApp groups, I pay no attention to it. Um, but then I started seeing more and more news about it, which and then I realized that, oh shit, this was the video that my mom was talking about. So the first video, if I recall, was her just being chastised by the person recording the video and, and kind of not agreeing to wear a mask. Like, and just being, hmm. oh no, was it, or, or was it with the police first? Yeah, this was like, uh, this is actually like a couple of weeks ago at the start of the Circuit Breaker when everyone ah. was, was supposed to wear masks uh, when you go to wet markets, I think. So she, yeah. so someone uh, took a video of a, a lady at a wet market who was refusing to wear a mask and eating at the market or something. And then, police came and she still like was taking videos like using her phone to take a video of the police and like very defiant and you saw her walk off frame la. after that we don't really know what happened to her but she oh. has oh, so that was back on again. April 14th 
Yeah, yeah, that right. was uh, like quite a while back, yeah. Oh shit, April 14th. So maybe, yeah. I think that was maybe the, the, the first video to go viral. Yeah. Um, and then of course, because she's a Singapore Indian, uh, when people see people of a certain ethnicity in a video, of it, the immediate assumption is that she's a foreigner. So yeah. I know there was a lot of that going on. Then April 30th and May 3rd was the two instances where she didn't wear a, a face mask in public. Mm. And then on 3rd May, she also created a scene at Shunfu Mart. And I think this yeah. was the video that fucking just broke the, the camel's back uh, because um, it was her saying certain things which confused a fuck ton of people. Uh. Yeah, um, yeah. And to to quote her, basically she said stuff like, I am I'm a sovereign yeah. um, and I am not a woman. I am we the person. people. I'm not a person. I'm not a person. I'm not yeah. a person. I am we the people. Yeah. Which people, and then she said, I'm a sovereign which uh, people in Singapore might not understand. So, yeah. In in the end, the word sovereign became the most searched term on Google in Singapore on Sunday, the third of May, like, which yeah. is fucking. And at first, I also was thinking, "Hey, fuck! Like, what the fuck, sovereign?" Okay, you can assume that when you hear a sovereign nation, an independent nation, she's an independent person. I was like, "Okay, cool, yeah. power to you, girl." Um, but then, fuck, man, it is something much more than that. Yeah. So I mean, I I think uh, what the reason why initially I think people were just irritated with her for not following the the circuit breaker measures lah but uh, now people are irritated with her because she has started talking about her beliefs and her politics and why she doesn't need to be she she doesn't think she should she's breaking any law or should be arrested or anything and it's actually something very interesting that that uh, actually has made Singaporeans all read up a lot about history in the US lah <laughs> so yeah. it's quite it's quite a funny thing because like you wouldn't imagine that this this uh, conversation about politics and and uh, philosophy would come out of another COVIDiot, COVIDiot posting. Yeah. But it happened. In fact, in fact, I don't even know whether people are reading that deep, no? because I've had a few mm. friends, uh, when just so happens over WhatsApp, we talk about this. And I mean, ultimately, I think their searches just end at, okay, sovereign means independent, means like above the law kind of thing. Yeah. But holy shit, man, there's a thing called the sovereign movement, yeah. which essentially very high level is tied to some radical movement that originated in the US I think in 1971 mm-hmm. um, and at, at its core is yeah people who believe that they they are not are not subject to the laws of the land uh, mm-hmm. and that the US government and all elected governments are corrupt and you see it kind of like um, displays of, of sovereignty by, by in amongst like tax protest, protesters who believe that mm-hmm. they do not have to pay tax yeah. So, when I first read it, I was like, holy shit, it goes deep, man, and it goes yeah. back, like, fucking years. Yeah. So, so, but, but, the I think, maybe interesting would be just to explore the lady's context, because uh, now, it, her details are starting to come out, because, I mean, everyone's probably CSIing her, and finding out, and apparently, she lived in Australia for, like, 20 years before moving back to Singapore, even though she was born in Singapore. So, and she's a practicing physiotherapist. Yeah, yeah. So she she seems educated, has a job that does require, you know, her to interact with people and everything. So she's not like a crazy, you know, stay at home, like don't talk to anyone kind of person either, la, right? Yeah. Uh, so so that that's what's pretty shocking, like and, and you know, and the and the whole sovereign thing, it's it's one of those crazy conspiracy theories that that if we talk about the origins, it'll be it just sounds crazy, la. Do yeah. You, do you read further into the origins of 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 it? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of confusing, but overall, uh, I I guess what I understand is that it's kind of like 
since it, it originated between somewhere around the 60s or 70s or 80s yeah. and yeah. i think what kicked it off was uh when gold stopped being legal tender for money um because from what i understand uh be coming from a like non finance industry background is that gold was tender till like i think the the 40s or mm. or there were some changes but in 1971 the us uh for gold for for good gold as legal tender and it just became backed by um i guess the actually fuck i'm confusing myself mm. uh what changed in 71 something god damn it do you, I I, mean, are you are you more familiar with the with the uh, history i'm a uh, generally familiar with broadly how the conspiracy theory works lah Okay. Uh, in the sense that uh, it, I mean the movement itself uh, it's a very far right uh, anti-establishment anti-institution kind of movement that believes that the government has no sway or no actually no hold over you and uh, it, it basically states that um, at some point there was a secret corporation that took over the US government and then they ran out of uh, of money or they ran out of gold to back back up the currency lah so they started selling um they started uh, getting money from foreign investors uh, by pledging the their citizens uh. that means the output of every citizen is now pledged as a collateral for for someone to lend you money lo. so the, the conspiracy theory is that the, from the moment you are born as a us citizen you are pledged as collateral to for this giant debt that is owed to foreign investors outside the us And so apparently uh-huh. the signs of it are like if you look at your birth certificate in the US and your social security number card in the US your name is in capital letters and because in colonial time uh in the colonial era of, of America uh nouns were all written in capital letters lah versus like yeah. every other word which is in small letters or what so once your name is written in capital letters that is the legal entity which is being um placed as collateral whereas you as an individual as a person you are <laughs> if your name is written in small letters you are se- you can be separated from your from your uh, legal entity name and and there's some supposedly by filing certain documents and knowing certain words to say to people in power you are able to to uh, separate yourself and therefore live without all those uh, without all those problems of being an entity lah. and also Uh, because there is money lent to the US under your name uh, apparently there's a secret bank account that of of every person in the US that has $630,000 dollars <laughs> inside and you are somehow able to tap into it you're entitled to tap into it if you know the secret code lah so that's that's a, a a brief thing about the whole conspiracy theory but but yeah, like you said it causes a lot of problems in the US because uh, yeah. people are really filing to try and get this money and they are refusing to pay taxes and and all the usual little little things like licenses even pet licenses and all that that everyone has to do as a citizen of the world uh, of of the US lah right that that's yeah, a and, general and summary so, that I understand and and i mean the process that you mentioned right of the of mm. the legal jargon because it's is the process called redemption yeah, is actually yeah, the process that the <laughs> that the that the members of the sovereign movement believe yeah. will separate Uh, what they call the straw man, which is their identity in full capital letters, from yeah. the flesh and blood man, which is the <laughs> identity in upper and lower case, lah. And like what that, like what, like what you said, um, it ultimately there's almost this belief that it is it is about trial and error, about the certain combination of words and documentation that you have to file that will unlock like no tax payments, free yeah. mortgage, and and like fucking payments for life, lah. And like 
as much as it's just an ideology and you can assume like, fuck, these people are just delusional, it does cause actual problems because they are repeatedly trying the system in the US and like, they, I mean, they're, they're known to test the system. La. So if they get caught by uh, for driving uh, above the speed limit, they will reject the, 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 the fine and actually file fucking hundreds of pages of documents yeah. to kind of unlock and redeem themselves. La. So every, yeah. it's almost like every little offense that doesn't screw them up by sending them to jail is a chance to test the system. Yeah, and it yeah. actually impacts the judiciary process in the US because it slows down every fucking thing. So yeah. it's it sounds like, compared to like, you know, cults that have a belief that mm. ultimately they're still just minding their own business as long as they don't blow up anyone or kill themselves. But yeah. this is like a fucking... It's 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 a movement and like I think there's an estimate. There's no real census on how many people, but I think they're estimating like a hundred thousand people in the US are followers I of think this movement. Almost three hundred thousand. And then the FBI has labeled them an extremist group and what they do as paper terrorism. Which is so you can you know, normal terrorism is like bombs and <laughs> hijacking plates on this one's you go and foul you go and foul at your local court, that's paper terrorism. <laughs> Oh, but no, and like what, what you said is true. It is 300,000. 100,000 was is just the number of hardcore believers. 200,000 yeah, yeah. are the people who are testing the system. And yeah. it fucking gets even crazier. There are, there are conferences that talk about tactics of redemption. There's yeah. there's so-called like consultants on how to file these fucking documents. Yeah. And if you read up, there are, there are some of the more public figures who, who I guess became more known as tax pro- protesters, which is one mm. facet of like so- sovereignty. They're like fucking MIT graduates and all that, no? Yeah, yeah. So, it just feels like, holy shit, it's fucking ridiculous. And as it feels like one of the things, okay, you know, the US at right now is, is a fucking crazy world and these kind of things can, can happen there. But to hear someone in Singapore talk about that yeah. fucking blew my mind, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one of the things also was that uh, a lot of tax evaders, they charge some consultancy fees to to other people claiming that I'll help you unlock your that $630,000 that you can get from the government la. and then they charge like, a few thousand dollars there is it's a bit like the you know the scammers that you see who is oh we'll help your business grow 300% if you pay me $2,000 now that kind of nonsense <laughs> la. so they're doing it they're doing it as tax consultants for this for this thing so there's a lot of scamming going on uh, plus also this whole movement apparently was started by uh, I, I mean, I won't blanket say racist, but anti-Semitic uh, beliefs. Lah. People who believe that there was a Jewish conspiracy to run the whole world. Probably they read the protocol <laughs> protocols of the elders of Zion, all those fabricated documents. And uh, yeah, lah, so, so there's nothing really positive about this, even though it sounds like it's freeing you and all that. Lah. There's a lot of people who have uh, suffered very bad results as a result of this. Lah. Uh, but yeah, lah, like this woman having it, bringing it to Singapore, I think even Shanmugam had something to say about it, right? Yeah, I mean, he his post also quite quite cheeky la. Like what he said was, um, okay, past few days several have shared a video. Same lady had refused to wear a mask. She's being investigated for both incidents. I checked up on what she meant by referring to sovereign. There's a movement, uh, but basically he pointed out that if you want to be above the law, then you can't at the same time enjoy the benefits that you get la. And if she gets sick, she's gonna yeah. be a burden on everyone. So it yeah. kind of. It's it's contradictory, uh, but but his fucking last st- sentence was the cheekiest I've ever seen dear Shamugam uh, behave. He said, "Usually in such cases, there will be more to it than meets the eye." So so I just thought like, "Wow, that is wow, what was going on there, man?" But, more to it I than mean, meets some, the eye, uh, he said. Yeah. What do you think because, he's trying okay, to say? I <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, he, he, I mean, I guess okay, like like in general, it is fucking weird, like because of all yeah. countries. Uh, 
Singapore is probably one of the countries in the world that will come to your mind when you think, okay, a country that is has very uh, firm and and regulated laws. La. Yeah, so yeah. for someone to come here and say, yo, I'm above the law, fuck man, at least, I mean, if you're in like the Republic of Congo or, or something where there's a lot of civil strife and, and the government is not doing the best job, I would, I would imagine, okay, there, yeah. it feels a bit more like plausible, but in Singapore, like fuck man, you get fined for so many fucking things. So, but I mean, just looking at that and then, you know, now the, the current thing is that she's going to be be examined at IMH, right? Yeah. To me, yeah. right, it just sounds like, I think in Singapore, historically, like IMH has always been a tool to just make <laughs> discredit people... Discredit someone. <laughs> yeah, discredit someone. Anytime you're on the verge of spreading something that, no matter how stupid, is like a different ideology or something, the yeah. easiest way yeah. is like, okay, go IMH. <laughs> go IMH. Fucking nut job. Don't have to yeah. believe anything. And you don't have to be admitted. <laughs> they just send you there to for uh, observation <laughs> only. And then straight away, oh, IMH yeah. alumni. <laughs> yeah, immediately you're like you're subhuman. You don't don't really care anything about you say. So no, but, but okay, like, but, hmm. but but shout out that we are not saying that IMH means that you are means that you are uh, you're subhuman. subhuman. <laughs> what we're yeah, saying yeah. is that <laughs> the 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 stigma they use the stigma of being sent to a mental hospital. As a def- as a so maybe to attack your ideology or to say that your ideology is nonsense, lah, right? Yeah, which is weird because now more than ever, where mental health is being more given more respect as an actual issue, the yeah. fact that they just send her to IMH felt like okay. Even psychiatric assessment is it sounds like okay uh, a little less like uh, just blanket. Uh, trivializing the whole thing because yeah. IMH in Singapore context, yeah, there's a lot of stigma attached yeah. to it. Uh. You know, like last time, last time when young, it was called Woodbridge Hospital, right? Yeah, yeah, Woodbridge Hospital. And then that's what I you would, let's, as kids, that's what you say, right? Wow, later you crazy, I send you Woodbridge, Woodbridge Hospital. Uh, yeah, kind of thing, exactly. Right? It's like it's like up there with the with the stories of the Apu Nene and and all that. You know, like <laughs> the it's things that yeah. the, it's 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 it automatically paints a picture. It totally discredits people who actually have mental health problems. I mean, yeah. for all we know, she might have a mental health problem. Yeah. yeah. But In fact, that, that was what I thought. That's what I thought. Like, she had mental health issues or something. Yeah. Initially. But then but then I can I can also see like one tactic is that before people start diving into this whole sovereign thing and realize, oh <laughs> shit. Because because actually it 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 um it's not just in the US, no, it has it has popped up in the Commonwealth as well. And mm. I think they, they take the name of the freemen of the land. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. whenever I see these kind of things that independently pop up in different countries, right? I mean, I'm not saying there's something there, there's some truth, yeah. but it feels like, oh shit, it is, uh, it is, it's, it's, it's something that more than a few people are thinking, like, and that's when yeah. it can get dangerous. Like. Yeah. So, it feels like this was okay, let's nip it in the bud um, yeah. and just use uh, the worst stigma in Singapore even if it's not the, the, the truest, just fucking yeah. let's just send her there. But you, but you know the funny thing is that when you say I'm a sovereign uh, or, or I'm a part of the sovereign citizen movement in the US or something, so I imagine an American guy like Tiger King, that kind, you know, with a gun and like with a big yeah. farm and his own ranch and it's all fenced up and his own land and everything uh, that, that where he's declaring this my own country. I mean, this woman is here in Singapore. She's like going to buy vegetables at the <laughs> yeah, Shunfu market. Right. So it's like, huh? What, 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 at a hawker center. Yeah, what sovereignty are you declaring like from your <laughs> from your flat or what? And at the hawker center, you declare sovereignty when the hawker center is built by government and everything also, you know. Yeah, and, and I mean it's hard for her to 
get any because okay let's say you're in a country in 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 the US and you are really getting fucked by the system and and yeah. it's in peacetime when when things are generally going well and you it, there are many reasons why you could be fucked by the system like maybe you don't have healthcare maybe you're paying tax but you don't have a lot of things that you assume but mm. in Singapore like what you said like even the most fucking person who's getting fucked by the system in Singapore or like getting fucked you look at this person you're like yeah that's a bit a bit of a tough sell man in Singapore yeah. when Everyone really okay. Not just Singapore. In times of pandemic, when regulation is all the more being enforced, right? To just yeah. do this, wow! If if she was thinking that you know, at one day I'm going to debut my philosophy and let the whole of Singapore hear it, I don't yeah. think now's the best time. <laughs> I would love to know if what she did or if she like refunded the six hundred dollar. Uh, she got from the from the from the resilience budget. <laughs> uh. You know, all no, Singaporeans then, got six hundred bucks. I wonder what she did with it. Yeah, <laughs> no, but then even like even today during the hearing, right? It was done via conference call, uh, and yeah. her lawyer, Mister Satwan Singh, was actually appointed or hired by her mother. Oh, so, so, so it just feels. And her statement initially was uh, when she was uh, kind of like being prosecuted. She said, "I would just like to say something. I am a living woman, and that is my only capacity in this matter. I extend my sovereign immunity to Satwan, her lawyer, and I ask Satwan to represent me." So first of all, she assumes that sovereign immunity is actually a thing, lah. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> No, but maybe we like, should be taking notes, right? Because maybe those are the secret code words she's using that will help her get away. The judge will be like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, sovereign immunity, correct? Wow, this yeah, like, stuff. or maybe like all all the legal enforcers around the world are thinking, "Oh, fuck, man, she she's, knows it. She, she's <laughs> on to something, man. She's yeah, on to yeah. something. Quick, quick, let's just let's just ask the, the send her to IMH. To, yeah, IMH. <laughs> yeah. There's like a big red button uh, in the council of of judges, uh, the globe, the global council of judges. Okay, yeah. fucking, she's so close. She's so close to re- revealing the truth. IMH done. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, God I mean, it, it sounds yeah like if the mother is the one who's getting a lawyer for her and all this, it does sound like the kind of case where yeah like, maybe she's a bit off the edge already and and like yeah like, the, the 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 seams are all fraying already lah. So so that's what uh, I mean. Also got to be be a bit compassionate. Maybe there are some issues uh, that we don't know about medical issues, and and we just wait and see, lah. Uh, yeah. Rad- I yeah. guess what we're talking about more is about the whole sovereign movement, la, because, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it just boggles my mind that and okay, just by the odds of it, right? I'm guessing she's probably not the only follower of the sovereign movement in Singapore, la. So oh, I wonder, yeah. I wonder if there are other people in Singapore who are like, oh fuck. You know, like how previously before the internet, it, you might have some fucking ridiculous belief, but it's hard yeah. to find people who who echo that, right? But now with yeah, the yeah. internet, maybe maybe in the next few weeks, right, we w- we would see like literally more sovereign people pop up yeah. in Singapore, Singapore's you know, info wars, like Alex yeah, Jones kind of thing, right? <laughs> Singapore's <laughs> info wars, yeah, and, and that'll be another thing that the government will be like, oh my god, guys, can you just shut the fuck up and <laughs> you can be sovereign after the, after we deal with the pandemic, okay? Just shut up and we yeah. will tackle your problem after a while. And yeah, we but should make the prediction shit, on where they'll find this group. Uh, my guess is Ishun, uh, if anywhere. <laughs> Ishun. <laughs> Ishun is like the kind of, sounds like the kind of place where a sovereign, a sovereign citizens movement would start. <laughs> Actually, they never say where she, where she stays. Uh. Probably around there. Uh. She's like walking around in slippers and Shunfu Market. <laughs> and I think she bought she bought some food from somewhere nearby at Thompson and was photographed doing so again like, without a mask. Yep. Yeah. But but that's true, like there was one place in Singapore. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, mean going but but based on our last week's discussion about COVID or that also, like 
what, what do you think of this lady like people taking videos of her and then everything like that I mean okay now well, I, I think like I still find feel it feel weird that there are people out there in some way right this justifies the actions of pages like SG Covidiots and mm. you know there's a new page called SG Dirty Fella which oh, is, is focused on unhygienic practices done by Singaporeans and oh how I fucking caught wind of this page right was Mothership which does a good job like breaking news of stuff like this like, which is yeah. in the in the middle of like hardcore political news and like more mainstream like uh, uh, current affairs they fucking use like photos from this Facebook page. Oh really? Me, I'm, I'm also like mothership. Yo, you got no other better <laughs> sources, is it? <laughs> fucking they they use pictures from SG Covidiots, from SG yeah, yeah, Dirty yeah. Fella, which you can imagine, right? For for these pages, it's a fucking win. And this is just a week after we had a podcast talking about why SG Covidiots should not exist. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 clickbaity lah, right? Even if they post something about SG Covidiots or or Tian Hao or whatever, it gets the clicks ah. So so yeah. th- that's why I think Mothership funny, is doing it. Clicks. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And the funny thing is, you know, our common friend Sharul Chana, who is the wife of Rishi Putrani, yes, right? Yes, So Singapore's she's a Singaporean woman. Indian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw her post on Facebook. She's like, to all the fuckers who are asking me whether I'm the, I'm the person in the video, because, <laughs> <laughs> because at first glance, I mean, okay, it's... As much as I don't want to say all Indians look alike, I mean, there are some similarities. La, but like once you get up yeah. close, you can tell the difference. But <laughs> fuck, man, I can't imagine. <laughs> That's thinking. funny. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, we need to uh, emphasize again that she is Singaporean-born Indian, la, right? Yes. Uh, yes. In fact, I, I, didn't even, I wasn't even looking so much at her ethnicity, uh, just trying to figure out whether it, was she really Singaporean or what. La. But apparently she is Singaporean, yeah. so can, we can stop with all the xenophobic comments about sending her back or revoking her PR because yeah, she's she's a pink IC holder also. La. <laughs> oh, look at you, you naive little boy hoping that people will stop being xenophobic just because it has been confirmed that she's a Singapore citizen. No, oh, that's just you, understand you she is one of, Chinese she's person one of us. She's one of us. <laughs> so let's all... Since when has that ever mattered? Huh? She's one of us. So let's all see when. how how to stop each other from becoming becoming uh, you know fraying at the seams like that. lah. That's what I'm, I'm just waiting for <laughs> Lian He Tsapao to publish another fucking forum letter about why uh, I don't in know how, culture, how else to in, phrase in, this. In yeah. their culture. No, <laughs> no, honestly, on Shanmugam's post, you can go to his yeah. page and the comments there are xenophobic uh, 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 comments there as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think certain things like, you know, she left Singapore when she comes back. Why, why don't she go back to her own country where she was, where her people are from and all this shit. <laughs> and she's a fucking Singapore citizen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, correct. So, uh, well, I, like, I this this I don't think it's gonna end. Uh, I, I think shit, man. I hope it's not because she's been cooped up at home for very long that she started reading conspiracy theories, and then started to come up with this sovereign thing from home, lah. Because, because, like, I mean, if there's anything, someone should just sponsor her a Netflix account and just let her go watch TV or something, uh. But and if it took and, one month for her to to fucking change her ideology one eighty <laughs> like that, holy shit, man! Yeah. Holy shit. But you know, some, maybe people, that's some what people are more susceptible to this sort of, this sort of programming. <laughs> maybe, uh. maybe that's why the government announced that in two weeks' time, they're going to start uh, easing the restrictions, right? Because yeah, of yeah. Holy shit, man. To give you man, a... People, yeah, stop yeah. reading fucking sovereign citizen movement b- booklets <laughs> and all that. Just like, can't you all just fucking watch Netflix and just watch Money Heist like everyone else is doing? <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh my God. Fucking yeah. hell, crazy, man. But I mean, crazy I guess times. right now where it stands is that uh, I guess the whole country is is waiting with bated breath 
what the outcome of her psychiatric assessment is. I think it'll yeah. be in, done in two weeks. Um, but but yeah, sir. Yeah. Uh, and and the outcome of her hearing lah. Yeah, Holy yeah, yeah. shit, man! Holy shit! Remember that? I think uh, there was so much like, Schadenfreude or just joy over, you know that that guy who broke his quarantine to go and eat bakute, when he was yeah. sentenced to jail. There seemed to be so yeah. much joy in Singapore. Everyone was sharing <laughs> and saying, "Yes, well deserved. Enjoy bakute in prison," and uh, and all these kind of comments. They were so happy that the, this guy was going to jail. What was the word you said? It's now Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. It it's like it's. It's like uh the feeling I think it's a feeling of being happy at someone else's like misfortune lah or shit happening. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was from I think where that there's a song about it in the musical Avenue Q. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, quite it? it's quite cute, yeah. I think I think yeah, Avenue Shouting Q is a, it's, it was funny. But yeah, so that so sounds, like yeah. it's like I think it's a fake German word, like it's meant to it's meant to sound like German. That's yeah. why it sounds so it sounds so cultured. And I guess that's yeah. that's that's where it's it's annoying that just because it's a German word, it sounds cultural when it actually means like like something you would imagine coming out from like Singlish vocabulary. Yeah. yeah. So I mean it's like sovereign sovereign citizen, uh, that sounds like such a academic, like cultured kind of term, but it's actually like such like con- from conspiracy no, theory bullshit. Yeah. No, but I was thinking about the whole sovereign thing, just playing with the idea, right? In some yeah. way, right? The is it, I mean, okay, if you imagine the only reason why we are subject to Singapore laws is that we are born in Singapore. Yep. Right? right. So in some way we don't really have a choice. Yeah. So so I can imagine some people taking that that stance lah. Maybe like just because I'm born here, it's not my choice. Yeah. You know, like to to be subject to your laws. It wasn't my choice to be born here. Yeah. But that's the thing, like, that's if you I can guess find it gets philosophical lah. And yeah, and if you can find your own plot of land where you grow your own food and you're completely self sustaining and then you have a gun to protect yourself from intruders, and then okay lah, then you maybe you there's some there's some something you can do la. like I don't know I think I think like uh, for example la, th- but this is probably a different kind of example but Native American tribes have uh, mm. have very some kind of different uh, they they under juris- different jurisdictions from the rest of the states that they are located in and things like that so so yeah. that might uh, those are certain loopholes that people might look into la, if you're living in say America but in Singapore it's like oh, I mean, or where, if you're where in Yishun you yeah? <laughs> where <laughs> you should stay Yishun you should or you have the cows go, roam freely. You could go to Kong <laughs> and find a spot lah if you, that isn't in a live firing area. Maybe maybe you might be allowed to camp there. Or Ubin, ah, Ubin. Ah yeah, yeah. Ubin also possible. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think Singapore there are pockets where you just get a different world. Ah, and and it's yeah. one of those that I think the, the authorities just close one eye. Uh, yeah. I know for a fact that that the people who live uh on the beaches in tents mm. who are not in the best socio-economic positions. That is almost like a a, a whole kind of bubble on its own, la. So yeah. I think in Singapore, there's there's more like what like what our dear Shamugam said. There's always more than meets the eye. Yeah, but speaking of that, I think uh, he also, I don't know whether he's he's doing a little wink or so, because you know conspiracy theories is the the eye with the pyramid and and all that. There's like oh yeah, yeah Illuminati, Illuminati right? thing. So he's. He's referencing there's more than meets the eye. Colombo. <laughs> he, he is a very high level, like he's a very articulate man, right? Maybe he, he's making fun at that. Lo. Oh <laughs> shit. I'm surprised there's been no memes of it yet. Eh? Like all, uh, all this like sovereign yeah, uh, yeah. Illuminati kind of thing yet. I'm I sure mean, it's I saw the, of time. Eh? Yeah, mothership was was referencing another group of people who were gathering at a void deck. They say well, these people have been exercising their sovereignty since 4 a.m. Oh, yeah, correct. <laughs> that was last night, right? At Woodlands, yeah. I think six people got yeah. arrested. Like those people also are like, can you imagine if they just started shouting like, "I am not, 
uh, I'm above the law and all that. Yeah. And then uh, Paramjit becomes like a like a like a poster boy for sovereignty in Singapore. Yeah, so hey, maybe shit, man. maybe it's a good idea to rather than call people COVIDiots. Now from now on we call them sovereign citizens, uh. You know, then sovereign we change. Citizens. <laughs> yeah, actually, we yeah. change. No, it don't say COVIDiots. Yeah, it's much it more, more PC everything. <laughs> you don't call people yeah, idiots. <laughs> Because you always hear, you know, sovereign nations, you know, yeah. sovereign individuals, sovereign power, sovereign states. Sovereign, yeah, sovereign Singaporeans. Citizens, uh. <laughs> yeah, sovereign <laughs> citizens of Singapore. Sovereign citizens, yeah. Sovereign citizens of Singapore. Yeah. We, you can even change the pledge bit. We, the sovereign <laughs> citizens of Singapore, pledge ourselves as one united what's the, people. That's the point. They don't, they don't pledge to anybody, you see. They don't, they don't except pledge. Except to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and except and, and, to and themselves. And the wet market they go to regularly. La, yeah. So, so... I don't know. I mean, if there's any person who believes in the sovereign movement who's listening to this, right, and would would be open to us kind of having a a podcast with you just to pick your brain, we can keep you anonymous and all that, please, please reach out. That would be fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. And and of course, if if anyone else has any other thoughts on this whole sovereign movement thing, I mean, there's a there's a ton of stuff online. The best place to start is Wikipedia, lah. Just just yeah. go read up on the sovereign movement, and they got a bunch of links to a whole bunch of different things, which fucking blew my mind, man. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, I think we wanted yeah. to record a podcast earlier, but then Harish said, "I really need to wrap my head around this." Right now, so he yeah. took another day and, to read through s- everything. <laughs> and there's still so much that I haven't... Just now when I tried to explain, I myself got lost, yeah? yeah but then yeah. slowly it started coming back. Uh. <laughs> God damn, I still got such a long way to go to become a, becoming a sovereign evangelist. evangelist. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. speaking of sovereign also, there's another issue of that of independence <laughs> that people are fighting for. Lah. And that is uh. for the right to watch English Premier League or play or, or continue, continue the English Premier League. Uh. Right. So That's so it's not so much from the audience perspective la. Oh, it's yeah, more yeah, correct, from correct. the big debate now is for the athletes and the teams and the organizations la. Yeah, yeah. Right. So for context I how I think sports have, have pretty much been all cancelled for the last two months already, right? Or so? Mm. Almost yeah. like, I know I know NBA was about six to seven weeks ago they, they suspended the season. And and then I think prior to that the European leagues were already uh, already suspended or, or and now cancelled so we're talking mm-hmm. about almost like two months of like no live sporting events already not not even like uh, not being able to attend a live sporting event but uh, teams aren't even the, the leagues are not even playing anymore they're all suspended uh, but there's been a lot more chatter in the last couple of weeks especially mm-hmm. with the English Premier League uh, which uh, could be interesting for Singaporeans so what what, what exactly was the was said about the English Premier League that has has uh, football fans excited. Um, I mean, I think there's been some talk about reviving it uh, as soon as possible, and uh, the teams and organizations are coming together to come up with a plan, la. But mm. what caused what caused the polarization or controversy was Sergio Aguero, who's uh, one of the strikers of Manchester City, was I guess one of the highest profile players to come out and kind of resist the temptation to open up that quickly. Mm. Um, and as with most polarizing opinions put out on, on the internet, i.e. Uh, mm. most specifically Twitter, he got shat on by a ton of people. And because because can, why did he get shat on though? You can imagine the, the, the complaints coming in like that. Oh, just because you're, you're rich, uh, what uh, there are so many essential workers out there still carrying on their job. This is after, after all your job and mm. blah, blah. And in fact, if you're rich, you have more access to treatment and you should be immune to, uh, you, you mean more access to test kits and vaccines when they come out. So you have yeah. nothing to complain. 
So so yeah. that was the 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 crux of that was the I mean the start of of the whole debate. I know the yeah. debate has been ongoing for a while ever since they start they decided to uh, cancel the Olympics and but now when it comes to restarting right there's yeah. there's there's different extremes lah. Yeah, but so I wonder to ask you. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've also read a lot about all this, like whether it's EPL or NBA and all that. But I wanted to bring it back to more of a personal level in terms of asking you lah, because I think you've played sports at a pretty high level, uh, in Singapore, right? You, uh, was it you're like the national team for hockey or something, right? Uh, for age group lah, yeah. When yeah, I, yeah, when I was younger. Group. So, so you got to this point where it's like, uh, yeah like you're really playing. Uh, at a very high level and, and you could even consider like going pro or semi-pro or whatever already. So at that point of time when you were at your peak and playing for the, the, the national age group team or that, did you see yourself um, as an entertainer in a sense? Like in terms of you play to get an uh, emotional response from people and to entertain people or do you just see it as just, as just like a, a job uh, or not a job but something just for yourself lah? I mean, I guess the just to set the context, uh, yeah. I guess hockey is different, or at least hockey when I was playing, which was like, what, wow, fucking 15 to 20 yeah. years ago, um, the thought of going pro in Singapore, there were no pro national athletes. Uh, and I mm. think there are still no national hockey players who are pro. They play for the national team, but they all yeah. have day jobs to supplement their income. Okay. So I would say, just from that perspective, uh, it was always about, okay, doing stuff for the team, doing stuff for the school, and of course, personally, not so much in front of the crowds. Because legitimately, the only times we played um, amongst uh, in front of crowds that were sizable was when we entered the national finals or something, yep. which at most once or twice a year. Yeah. So I, w- I would say based on my experience, I didn't consider myself an entertainer or a performer, but more as an athlete. Mm. And there was, there was not much obligation to the viewer. La. Because oh. honestly, at that point in time, it was the last thing. You don't want to get fucked by your coach. You don't want to lose. You want oh. to like play well as a team. So, yeah. So, just based on my limited experience in the field of sports. La, because I think when it comes to professional, that's when it's very different. But so, so that means when, that yeah. you would, regardless of whether there was a crowd or anything like that, you'd still play as, as how you normally play. La. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, the okay, crowd okay. almost throws you off a bit because you're like, oh, fuck. Normally, uh, you can just hear the instruction from the coach, from your teammates. When there's a crowd, right? Fucking, you, yeah. can't, hear, you can't hear yourself shouting to your teammates and all that. Mm. So, I would say that was more of the anomaly than the norm, which is why I think that, that whole experience doesn't... It's, it, it, it gives me a bit of context how to yeah. approach this, but not fully. La. Because I think okay. a professional athlete is totally different. Yeah, because, because I think the uh, big debate is about whether... Uh, a professional athlete is is his job is to you know play the sport as well as it can or is is also to be an entertainer for the fans. Uh. I think that's a, a lot of what we are the debate is hinging on at this point. No? So uh, yeah, I mean for, from your understanding of the what the EPL is doing versus what Sergio Aguero is is saying, right? Where where do you stand on that? Uh? I mean. Okay, so if you ask me, right, if you're talking, this is just off the, like, uh, uh, based on what I know now and what I've read, which is yeah. is not, like, totally pouring myself into it. When it comes yeah. to English Premier League, where the players are compensated pretty yeah. well, most of them, I do think that there is some value in returning, but, of course, with measures in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and What kind of measures are you talking about? Like, I mean, testing. definitely no spectators. Definitely no spectators. Yep. And, yep, like, yep. 
I mean, keeping a close, like anyone who you interact with, your entire team, your your medics and all that, all need to be tested and cleared ahead of time. So mm. that, and and almost quarantine lah. Basically, you operate in quarantine, everyone is in quarantine and you don't yeah. mix with the outside world. Which, yeah. for the clubs in the EPL, I, I would imagine it being possible given that they are still much more better resourced than a lot of companies and organizations out there. Yeah. Um, and I think at this point in time where I mean, okay, every time I look at a new government policy, regardless of government, right, what I find sometimes unfair is just looking at it, oh, they are, li- they are lifting restrictions because they are idiots and all that. But I think every government is grappling with the fact that you can only quarantine people for so long before they start losing their minds and mm-hmm. protesting and riot rioting. And it's almost like, okay, if we let let the regulations ease off a bit, uh, it might buy us some time for social unrest. Of course, it might cause the the the, vi- the incidence of the virus uh, infections spiking, but it's a mm. constant balance. La. So on that note, I think sports at this point can fulfill a fucking big gap la, mm. and at least distract people uh, a certain way. La. So mm. that's, that's, where, that's, that's my starting point. Of course, mm. it becomes a lot more complicated when you're talking about the lower divisions where the, the pay is a lot less. La, and yeah. these players have limited uh, lifespans as a, uh, as a professional. So if they do get sick, it would weigh on them a lot more uh, financially and, and economically than I think maybe someone who is paid a fuck ton of money would be la, like a, profession, a professional in the EPL. But that's yeah. where I stand. Mm. What about you? I mean, uh, I also do agree a lot with what you say about uh, about you know sports being a very good distraction now. I think people need to let off steam. You know, there's a lot of people doing crazy things, and and to prevent people from doing more crazy things, it's good that they have entertainment, lah. And of course, there's only that many movies and TV shows that you can watch until you you get bored. So sports would be a good welcome thing. Uh, and and I I I like yeah like what you say, lah. As long as there's measures in place. It seems like something possible to do. Uh, I think the two the two main things that uh, you know I personally would look out for one is that no sports person is forced to forced to play if they don't really don't not comfortable playing because it's like basically it's like if I took you and just told you to walk around Singapore without a mask, enter a wet market now without a mask, and and risk you know getting the virus, and you're being forced to do it. I I think that's that's not very good. So. Uh, for example, I think like the UFC is having a fight uh, this weekend, like uh, in a mm. closed-off arena and everything. But one of the fighters was very uncomfortable with it because she literally had uh, a family relative who passed away from coronavirus, so she pulled out the fight lah. And I, I, I hope there's no repercussions for her. Um, so I'm thinking for sports, for group, for team sports like soccer and, and mm. football and basketball. If the player is not comfortable, I think they shouldn't be forced to play by the team lah, and shouldn't have to face any punishments. Um, that's the first thing and second thing is uh, I think you got to look at the country that they're operating in uh, because uh, from the early estimates like for the NBA to come back in a form of a very isolated bubble right? they're calling it a bubble kind of thing let's say in one place like Las Vegas where they book out all the hotels and all the spaces where they can have courts and stuff like that and run mm. the league entirely from there and then keep the players quarantined there keep the coaches the staff all quarantined there for a period of like three to four months however long they need to finish the season they say yeah. that even then, they still need upwards of like um, 15,000 uh, coronavirus test kits. Uh. So so like right now in the US, I think getting a test kit is still a very big issue. So can mm. you imagine how, what a PR disaster it looked like if like, oh, 
the NBA now has like has because they're very rich and they have money and because it's the NBA they've secured fifteen thousand test kits that, mm-hmm. that just just for playing just for them to be able to play a sport like, whereas there's so many places and people who can't get the test kits are so uh yeah if if there aren't enough test kits I think it's it's uh definitely very tricky to do even having measures in place is not enough like, they must have the uh safe amount of testing such that also that the people around them also have enough have enough uh test kits as well like. That's what I, I guess think. because I mean on that note you know Joe Rogan right who's the podcasting yeah. god um, yeah. I think he also got into a bit of controversy a few weeks ago when w- on one of his podcasts because he's still carrying oh, yeah. on <laughs> with the podcast but yeah, yeah, he yeah. makes sure that he gets his guests tested yeah. so I think he mentioned just informally casually on his podcast saying yeah you know I'll, t- I'll test you guys you know, I'll test you guys twice three times if it, it doesn't matter but then later on in the podcast he revealed that he gets this podcast from this uh, he gets the test kits from this independent test kit manufacturer that hasn't really been approved for use yeah. by the authorities like, but he gets it so that didn't stop the whole uh, internet on fucking laying into him and saying, look at yeah. this fucking Joe Rogan. He's a celebrity. That's why he can get access to test kits. So it just feels like, oh, fuck. No matter, if you uh, can get access to a bunch of test kits and you are seen to be well, uh, you are known yeah. to be wealthy, right? you are you are yeah. in the bullseye la, in, yeah. in public. I guess that is true. But then, so, okay, then another argument that I've heard is that you know, like for for these superstar footballers to come out and say, you know, they they don't want to get their family sick or an, yeah. and a distant relative. But then, if the players don't play, the organizations can't run. And organizations, of course, you get the fucking rich people at the top, but yeah. you also get a lot of people whose jobs are getting fucked over, yeah, yeah. And these are the people who maybe don't have a say in whether or not their job stays alive. And yeah. ultimately, if it's the players who don't want to play. That's where it has a lot more repercussions, lah. Yeah. And that's something that I, I, when I think about, also I'm like, oh shit, that's true. I mean, ultimately, the only way footballing organizations and the whole economy around football can carry on is if the players play. If the players don't play, yeah, yeah. we are kind of fucked, lah. You know. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, uh, so there is beyond just like saying that Sergio Aguero, oh, you you earn so much as a footballer. And you, you are, you know, you're what a, you're being a such a you're being such a coward by not playing and all that. Uh, the, yeah. the the truth is there are players also who play in the Premier League who probably earn a lot less than him, a lot, mm. lot, lot, lot less. And and yeah, like not yeah. playing for them is much more uh, significant like, in terms of the damage. So so like for example like a LeBron James wanting to wanting the season to be cancelled versus like a you know some regular some player on the Sacramento Kings some other shitty basketball team or what. You know, like <laughs> they, they to them it's like they don't play, they don't get paid, la. And and but for LeBron James is he doesn't play, he doesn't yeah, like he doesn't win a championship this year, but money wise he's, yeah. he's, he's good, la. So, and so he, yeah, and he doesn't get a few million, but yeah, he's got a fuck ton of reserves. Oh, so he has la. been vocally vocally asking for the NBA to be cancelled mm. the season? No, but that's the interesting thing. LeBron James, because he might be in the last couple of seasons of his career and he wants to win a championship with the LA Lakers, he has actually oh. like, he's very, very vocal in wanting the season to, to get back on because the Lakers are playing well this year. So it's like, he's got <laughs> he's got like two years left, you know. If he doesn't win it now, he might never win it. So so it's actually quite interesting the, what's going on with the NBA. Oh shit. So, so that's where I guess Liverpool... I mean, Liverpool kind of like too bad for Liverpool fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, yeah, I mean Liverpool they haven't been they, ha- yeah. they haven't been vocal about coming out and saying that oh you know we need to fucking get the league restarted and, and yeah. I think Jurgen Klopp at the start 
he very respectfully said that you know we were having a good run and all but ultimately human lives always take priority la. so yeah. I was like holy shit this guy really is the fucking real deal la. so yeah, yeah, yeah. so it just feels and if you think about it like even Messi and Ronaldo especially Ronaldo who really I mean for all we know he might play on for like another 10 years but he's also yeah. at the twilight of his career and like I mean, I think they also know that if they were to be vocal about any which way, they will get fucked. La. I think, I think yeah. they are PR savvy enough to know that. But yeah, yeah it's just such a, such a tricky thing. La, because, I mean, you can, you can also understand the point of people saying that, oh, you know, here are all these essential workers who have no choice but to carry on. Mm. Just because you are in a position to choose, do you have the, the right to be able to do that? La? Yeah, correct, correct. So, so that's why the UFC... Uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, which is the premier mixed martial arts competition, they are restarting events this uh this weekend, this Sunday or Saturday, in US time, and they are doing yeah. it in a closed uh space lah. And for international events such that uh, other people can fly in, they are going to do it on a private island that they have procured lah, which is oh shit, the yeah, private island is crazy. a real thing ah. Yeah, so like the <laughs> memes, are, the Mortal Kombat memes are all coming out lah, like. They are literally like, you know, Mortal Kombat, the whole premise of it is like, you're invited to this secret martial arts tournament yeah. in the middle of nowhere. So this is what UFC is becoming now. <laughs> oh my god, like just now when you were saying about the Las Vegas basketball thing, I was like, oh, you know, I heard this crazy idea that would probably never happen where the UFC operates on a single oh, no, island true, where everyone lives there. Oh, yeah. fuck, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's, I mean, they also have been facing a bit of criticism. Like, people are saying like, yeah. this is way too early. And then, and then, in two weeks' time, if we find out, oh shit, somebody contracted coronavirus while they were there, then it basically will slow all the other sports down as well. Lah. So everyone's, although like MMA might not be the most popular sport in the world, but people are watching to see whether this can actually carry on. Because no? like, I think Holy shit. Uh, WWE, the World Wrestling Entertainment, has been carrying on non-stop even through this whole coronavirus. Huh? Really? They have? They have. They have to empty arenas. So WrestleMania happened, all these... Events happen, what? but to empty arenas. So so people have been just criticizing them and, and some wrestlers even quit in protest because they didn't feel comfortable. Uh, but uh, but the thing is that WWE is not a, a real sport. It's, I mean, it's entertainment. It's a show. But it's not a sport where it's so easy to control the, you know, I mean, not not say easy, but I, I think because they it's a scripted thing, it's a bit easier to control who comes in and out of the building and stuff like that. Whereas for like team mm-hmm. sports and, and even USC where you know, you go to different places to train, you have to meet people and you have to do stuff like that. You have to pass certain health checks and all that. It's a it's a bit more a bit more uh oh, yeah. bit more things to think about. La. I guess I guess yeah, the the, the, the scripted thing helps a lot. La. They can even yeah. make sure that yeah, you know, the people involved are uh as in yeah, there's a lot more control la, as opposed yeah. to to the sports which is uh, real. But yeah. I mean I think the one thing I think any sports organization knows that if they the first organization to crack the code of carrying on yeah. risk free or with minimal risk, there's a fuck ton of money to be made. Uh, because mm-hmm. the rights that you can the money you can earn from the rights of just streaming to almost every country in the world who are all just aching for content, right? Is fucking huge. La. So that's why yeah. I can imagine the UFC I mean the UFC's uh CEO is Dana White, right? Who is yeah. well known to be fucking shrewd fucking scrupulous and yeah. he has been like single single handedly brought the USC to where it is today la, right yeah 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 so I can imagine him Trump supporter that, so. <laughs> but even then you can argue that it's just for for business yeah, for business yeah. gain la. yep I mean even Elon Musk the past mm, week mm. he also was calling for the US to be reopened right of course yeah. some people are saying he's fucking 
he's losing his mind and yeah. he might just be one of those geniuses who's so smart that he's, he's fucking eccentric and then you can also think that he has so many businesses that are just fucking like getting killed by the 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 lockdown orders la. Yeah. so and I mean I know Belarus right is the only European league to actually play on no? like football, football oh really uh, wow. football league. yeah they, they played on and there was a lot of um, controversy and all but I guess the Belarusian league is not the most lucrative so I would imagine <laughs> all the professionals there they're not earning like fucking 200,000 pounds a week la. so for yeah. them there's livelihood at stake and I don't know what the COVID situation is in Belarus but yeah. but it just feels like yeah this whole sports thing yeah, it's it's tough to keep it closed also because the sports economy is a huge fucking economy. Like, and there's one thing about yeah. the players, but there's one thing about the other people who are impacted by it. Like. Mm. And all the... Yeah, like, I mean, that's why to now it's like... Uh, I don't know about you, but I've started to get more accustomed to the to the to to viewing like live stream events or live stream conferences and talks and stuff like that. So in mm. the past week, I think I, I checked out like Zook's Mambo Jumbo... Uh, live stream event and it was quite fun like like watching it with some friends and also other like live stream concerts uh, high quality live stream concerts from Radiohead and other big oh, bands really? uh. as in they take they, they take old footage from their old concerts but it's uh, it's it's uh, all very high quality stuff lah. it's like high quality recordings so and you I can know like even uh, even like the theatre groups in Singapore like Pangdemonium they also have like released footage of like plays from the yeah, past yeah, and all yeah, right yeah yeah, I haven't tried that yet, but I mean, yeah, there's, I think uh, the big one recently is Frankenstein, which has, uh, what's his name in it? Uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch acting in it. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, filmed, yeah. It, they filmed it and released it on YouTube. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, all this, all our, the different ways we consume media, we might need to change our, our you know, all the long held beliefs about them. Lah. Whereas, but sports, I guess, is like one thing that, uh, yeah, you, you have, it has to be live, lah, right? It can't be unless, anything pre recorded. There's there's esports, uh, you know, esports is probably fucking booming. Um, yeah, or like yeah. the e component because I know one thing also that happened. I think in the past week was Travis Scott had a concert in Fortnite, oh, and yeah. it looked fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it looked I mean, crazy. For for the boomers out there who are listening, Fortnite is a uh, one of the most popular games in recent times, and it's one of those open world first person shooter things. So Travis Scott, who's a huge uh, uh music star in the US, he he there was a concert where there was like a fucking like giant like uh Travis Scott in the game and as yeah. a player you could attend the concert and it fucking was like oh shit that is cool shit man yeah that is but so uh, cool those are the kinds of experiences that probably uh yeah in the next 10 years or so this we'll see more and more of that law like i think everyone's using there's this VR uh, exercise app that everyone's playing now which it looks pretty awesome Oh, is uh, it? Yeah, apparently you put it on and like it just transports you to this very big open grass plane and then like shit starts flying towards you and then you got to slash and s- slash your sword oh. at it to like smash oh, it. But okay, apparently okay, it's, okay. With, it's like with very like chill music as well so it helps you relax and just focus on, on your so-called exercise. La. But then, then you need the you need the VR headset. La. Yeah, you need you need. But, but it seems, seems like people really have got a, a big workout oh. from it. I think yeah, our friend Auntie said he tried it or something like that. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We should check it oh. out after this whole thing is done. La. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, I guess the sports thing, like, it was just, I mean, it is a it is a tricky thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But, of course, if, uh, as always, if any of you have any thoughts on it or any perspectives that 
uh, in agreement or disagreement with us, please head on over to our subreddit. Uh, it's the Yalabad official subreddit. You can mm. just Google Reddit Yalabad, Yalabad one word, uh, and yeah. like the conv- the it's super engaging and like everyone who posts there, they actually take the time to post very articulate uh, comments. So to yeah. anyone who has posted, thank you all so much. To anyone who has not checked it out, uh, check it out. You you may enjoy it. But shout out um, to shout out to the user Hayata who has been yeah. like designing a lot of like funny uh posters featuring <laughs> us. Yeah, that's so like, I mean he like, enjoys our podcast so much he just like, you know, puts us in all the in movie posters and yeah, superimposes yeah, our faces awesome, on it. Yeah. It's damn awesome. Shit, yeah, he did yeah, one for awesome. Star Wars Day that I thought, wow, that was my favorite, man. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean my my favorite is still the even though it wasn't me, it was when he superimposed you behind Michael Jordan in a screenshot oh. of Michael Jordan hugging I the... I you were say your, your Mercurial Ronaldo one. That one oh, that I mean, that one, that one personally, but oh, the okay, like okay. the one the one that I saw of you behind Michael Jordan, I, I for a moment, I know you studied in the US, <laughs> I know you were in New York, I was like, what the fuck? Did he dig it up from somewhere? Then I realized, no, it's Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so thanks, Hayata. Yeah. Uh, and, and with that, we... we move to our final segment of the week called the One Shook Thing of the Week. The One Shook Thing. One Shook Thing. Do you want to go first? Yeah, can. So, uh, recently, I I chanced upon this Instagrammer called Dean Schneider. Have you heard mm. of him? No. Um. So, I, I actually chanced upon him because there was a video that I saw on WhatsApp. One of those people download the videos forward and it was uh, like the guy with a lion or something and then I played it and I mean... It's one of those videos that the kind that I had seen in the past where there's a guy who was a very close bond to a lion and like mm. fucking he's, the, he's just like hugging and cuddling a huge lion and then it was watermarked with his name. Like. Then I googled him yeah. and I checked out his Instagram. He's fucking amazing. So he's he's a Swiss born uh, uh, Swiss guy. I guess, no, yeah. He's from Switzerland and he was in banking for a few years and then he realized that his love for animals was a lot stronger. So he went to South Africa and set up this private nature reserve and literally mm. private it's not even open to the public where okay. it is fully funded by donations and it houses like a bunch and uh, a lion pride zebras uh, monkeys and he basically lives there and his whole goal is to show the world how how beautiful lions can be and how loving they can be so if you check out his instagram yeah. right i mean honestly i think in a year and a half he has gone to 7 million followers and every mm. day he posts like 30 Insta stories just of his life on his reserve where he would walk out and he'd be like, oh, Nyla's coming and you get this fully grown lioness who comes and like cuddles him and then soon he'd be surrounded by like four or five lions all cuddling and he does a very good job explaining why he does this and how he got to this level because a lot of people are saying, hey, fuck, that, that seems damn cool. He's definitely like torturing them and all but mm. there are videos on his YouTube channel where he describes how he got so close to the pride. Literally, he's been looking after them since they were cubs and he said to become part of the pride, you have to behave like them. So when they are feeding on a dead zebra, right, he goes yeah. there and he kind of rubs himself in the carcass as well. He doesn't eat, but he replicates the behavior of lions. And when they're yeah. drinking from the watering hole, he does the same thing where he crouches and and he said that's that's why they see him as part of the pride and not just a human with the pride. It's fucking fascinating, man. And like by all accounts, you look at it, I think it is a very sincere and genuine thing and He's also super cool and he's a good-looking guy and very charismatic. So, holy shit, man. Mm. It's super cool, man. And it's very uplifting. Mm. And not the Nas Daily kind of like forced positivity down your throat, but more like something a bit more genuine and sincere. <laughs> yeah, so it's fucking cool. 
Oh, shout out to Nas Daily there. Nas Daily, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, my my one shook thing is uh, I think something that a lot of people in Singapore actually have been watching already. But if you haven't, it's still there's still time to. Uh, it's called One Last Dance. It's Holy the, shit, man! Yeah. It's the documentary series on the Chicago Bulls, uh, final year, um, the the last year that they won the championship lah with Michael Jordan. In ninety seven yeah. to ninety seven to ninety eight season, and yeah, even if you're not a huge sports fan, uh, what I found fascinating about it is that it really delves into the psychology of like these like ultra competitive athletes. Uh. so and probably there's none there's none more uh, recognizable than Michael Jordan, and a lot of people our age grew up watching his watching Michael Jordan, but we never really knew all the backstories behind. Uh, what was going on with his team? What was going on in his personal life and things like that? And this apparently this um this person got permission to follow them around and capture footage from like ninety seven ninety eight season, but he could only release the footage when Michael Jordan gave him the okay to la. And so in twenty sixteen, Michael Jordan gave him the okay to you know cut a documentary out of everything, and he did. And uh, yeah, it's been fascinating just watching it la. And it drops two it's episodes a week. Amazing, uh. yeah. yeah. So so I think everyone who's watched it has said they love it, even though they weren't like say huge basketball fans back then or anything. But it's just yeah. like understanding how like this ultra competitive psyche, uh, this professional athletes' minds work. It's it's fascinating uh. and then yeah, it's, it's just uh, interesting for psychology la. It's fucking mind blowing, man. Every episode yeah. just blows me away. Eh. But what, like, in what way do you why, why do you like it? Because uh, you're not a huge basketball fan and, fan or anything like. I right? I used to watch a lot of basketball when I was young, so I saw oh, a lot okay, of Michael yeah. Jordan games and all. But yeah. over the years, yeah, I mean, I enjoy sports. I enjoy people like just being fucking good at one thing. But to me, yeah. it's fascinating because it doesn't just look at the positive side of things. It kind of like anchors. It's anchored in their final season, but it also shows how the people got there and. The, like at first, when you think about the final season, it they in and they they did win the second three peat like, three in a row. Yeah. But the amount of drama between the organization and the players, and I think it was summed up a lot by one quote by Dennis Rodman in my favorite mm. episode so far, episode three. He said, "You know, like playing the game is easy, but they pay you f- to deal with the shit out of the court." Yeah, which yeah. to me was like the ex- it sums up the entire documentary totally. Uh, and it's and. I mean, it also blows me blows me away. Like, how often do you see a show where when an episode drops, the next day you have fucking established like even ESPN talking about it, and you know, like mm. the stars from that era all coming and commenting on it, and that is fucking mind boggling, yeah. And they comment about it as if it's like it happened last week or something, right? Yeah. But actually, we're talking about yeah. stuff from like twenty two years ago. It's <laughs> yeah. a crazy thing, uh. And everyone I mean, talks you, about you, it like it happened li- like last weekend or something. You've been a basketball fan for a long time, but is there anything yeah. that even for you was very rev- revolutionary or or fucking just ama- blew your mind? Yeah, I mean, uh, just just the the level of detail that this documentary goes into, like, like really exploring. Say, for example, like like you say, like Michael Jordan had he also had problems like gambling addiction and stuff like that, and just like really trying to dissect it to to link it to what was happening in the final season. Because fi- last time when you watch basketball, all we knew was that, oh, Chicago Bulls are the best and they will always win, you know, like six years. Yeah. They'll just win. But you never ever question, like, besides Michael Jordan, what were the rest, what was happening to the rest of them? Like? And then you ask yourself also, like, what is it like playing with a person like Michael Jordan who's so competitive, who who's so demanding of his teammates as well? What happens to them, like, these people? Uh, and then, yeah, so all these li- little backroom, backroom dramas that you've heard about 
like mentioned here and there, but you never really heard it from the horse's mouth. Nobody has come out to admit it or anything. Yeah. It's all coming out here, lah. That's why it's fascinating. Uh. Like, and like the then, production value, yeah. Yeah, but but imagine also like if that this is like before there was even social media. So like now social with social media we we hear that I mean players probably have even more pressure la, and and this even before that whole social media era, these players were already facing so much pressure from the media and from the public. So you can only imagine how much pressure all these athletes are going through. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're talking about comparing then and now, it almost feels like fuck, yeah. You know, like a few years ago when Stephen Curry, there was talk of him being the GOAT and all. Yeah. Chiba, you look at his documentary, right? Oh my God. Like, how the fuck you argue against these players who played in a much more aggressive time, right? Yeah, and I know yeah. there's a lot more debate now saying that for the current fans who didn't grow up in a Michael Jordan era, right? They're, they're getting their first taste of of his airness uh, and yeah. and how ridiculously amazing he was. Uh. Yeah. That's that's why. Holy shit, man! Holy yeah. shit, it's so good, so good. Yeah. And so yeah, even if you're not a basketball like, fan, right? Just fucking watch it, man. Yeah, I think six episodes are, have been released already, and yeah. there's uh, two more weeks of episodes to go. Four more episodes in total. So you, oh, it's yeah. fun. It's fun to watch, and then after that, talk about it with with other people as well, uh. Yeah, man, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, so cool. good. Cool, cool, cool. So, our so things of the week. Yeah. So if you enjoyed this podcast, as always, just tell one person about it. Uh, thankfully, in the past week, we've been featured on like two different publications. One, the Honey Cobras, and another one called Work and Play as one of the top five. Oh, I thought it was Wonderwall. Oh, Wonderwall. S- okay. Wonderwall oh, SG, yeah. Wonderwall SG, but the, the I guess the section is Work and Play or something. But each of them like highlighted like five to seven podcasts worth listening to, not just from Singapore. Uh, and we were featured on both their lists. Yeah. So it shows that yeah. I, th- I guess I guess we're doing something right. Uh, yeah. All so that we work know. for Honeycombers and Wonderwall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, thanks so much for listening and yeah. we will talk to y'all next in a few days, I guess. See ya. Peace.